Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Tobias Rex, and this is the Sharks, Dinosaurs, and Mythical Creatures podcast coming at you right now. Uh, the, the clock just struck 12, so you should be hearing the bells in a second here. Yeah, there they go. Anyway, uh, today's episode is going to be about the giant claw. And I'm not talking about Wolverine or Freddy Krueger. Guys, if you think Freddy Krueger is nuts, then wait till you get a load of this guy. He makes Freddy Krueger look like a kitty cat. That's right. I'm talking about Therizinosaurus, the scythe reptile. So here we go. Therizinosaurus, or Thery for short, was one of the last and the largest representative of its unique group, the Therizinosauria, formerly known as the Segnosauria. During and after its original description in 1954, Therizinosaurus had rather complex relationships due to the lack of complete specimens and relatives at the time. And it was originally believed that the remains of Therizinosaurus belonged to a giant turtle-like creature, but later on, with the discovery of more complete relatives, Therizinosaurus and members of its family were thought to represent some kind of late Cretaceous sauropodomorphs, or transitional ornithischians, even though at some point it was suggested that it may have been a theropod, and we now know that it was. For Manoraptoran standards, Therizinosaurus obtained enormous sizes, it was estimated to have reached 33 feet in length, stood 16 feet at the hips, and weighed from 3 to possibly over 5 tons. Although the body remains of Therizinosaurus are relatively incomplete, inferences can be made about its physical characteristics based on more complete and related species. And like other members of its family, Therizinosaurus had a proportionally small skull with a horny beak atop its long neck, bipedal gaits, a large belly to process foliage, and sparse feathering. And other traits that the theory may have had include a heavily air-filled vertebral column and a robustly built backwards-oriented pelvis. So, to quote celebrity actor John Goodman, who narrated the documentary When Dinosaurs Roamed America and described Nothronychus, a species of Therizinosaur, no other animal in the world looks like a half-plucked turkey or walks like a pot-bellied bear. The unusual arms and body anatomy of Therizinosaurus have been cited as an example of convergent evolution with Calicotherans and other primarily herbivorous mammals, suggesting similar feeding habits. It was concluded that an average Therizinosaurus may have had 9-foot-long legs. More recently, Mike Taylor and Matt Weddle suggested that the whole neck would be 2.9 times the size of the humerus, which was 76 centimeters, or 760 millimeters, and this would have resulted in a seven-foot-long neck. But the most distinctive feature of Therizinosaurus was the presence of gigantic unguals on each of the three digits of its hands. They were considered to be the largest known claws of any terrestrial animal. In 1993, Dale A. Russell and Donald E. Russell analyzed Therizinosaurus and Calicotherium, and they noted similarities in their respective body plans, even though they formed part of different groups. However, both of them had large, well-developed, and relatively strong arms. The pelvic girdle was robust and suited for a sitting behavior, and the hind limb structure, well, particularly the foot structure, was also robust and shortened. And they considered these adaptations to represent an example of convergent evolution. And convergent evolution is a condition in which organisms tend to evolve similar traits without necessarily being related. Moreover, this body plan is somewhat exhibited by modern-day gorillas. 
And because the animals with this type of body plan are known to represent herbivores, the authors suggested that this lifestyle was appropriate for the Therae. The Russells reconstructed the feeding behavior of Therizinosaurus as being able to sit down while consuming foliage from large shrubs and trees. The plant material would have been harvested with its hands, and this action was likely favored by its elongated neck, which prevented the use of large amounts of force and effort. As its arms were long enough to have touched the ground during certain stances, they could have helped the dinosaur to rise from a prone position. If browsing in a bipedal stance, Therizinosaurus may have been able to reach even higher vegetation supported by its short and robust feet. Whereas Calicotherium was more suited for hooking branches, Therizinosaurus was a lot better at pushing large clumps of foliage because of its long claws. And it's possible that the Therae was less capable of great precision in its movements than Calicotherium was, due to the latter having a more developed brain, dental, and muscular capacities. When the genus was first described by Malive in 1954, he considered that the unusually large claws were used for harvesting seaweed. However, this was based on the assumption of Therizinosaurus being a giant marine turtle. But in 1970, the claws were re-examined and a possible function specialized in opening termite mounds or a frugivore diet was suggested. And a frugivore is an animal that only eats fruit. And somebody named Barsbold in 1976 suggested that the unusual claws of the fairy may have been used to impale or dig up loose terrain. However, he pointed out how fragile they would be upon impact. In 1995, Lev A. Nesov suggested that the claws were used for defense against predators, and juveniles could have used their claws to move, similar to sloths. In 2014, somebody with the last name Lutenschlager tested the function of various Therizinosaur hand claws, including the Therae itself, through digital simulations. Three different functional scenarios were simulated for each claw morphology, with the same amount of force applied in each one. Scratch slash digging, hook and pull, and piercing. Though the stocky claws of Alxosaurus resulted in low stress magnitudes, the stress was a lot greater with the curvature and length of the claws in Falcarius, Nothronychus, and the Therae. Some of the highest stress, deformation, and strain magnitudes were obtained in the scratch slash digging scenario. The hook and pull scenario, in contrast, resulted in lower magnitudes and even lesser ones were found in the piercing scenario. Particularly, the overall stress was most pronounced in the Therese Clause, and this may represent an exceptional case of elongation specialization. And Lutenschlager also noted that the more strongly curved and elongated claws of some Therizinosaur species were poorly functional in a scratch-slash-digging fashion, so this wouldn't have been likely. Though digging behavior has been reported in several dinosaur species, the body size largely rules out the possibility of burrow digging in Therizinosaurs. Nevertheless, if a Therizinosaurus had to dig at all, it most likely would have been done with the foot claws because, as with other Manoraptorans, feathers on the arms would have interfered with this. And instead of being used for digging behavior, it's more likely that the Therae made use of its hands in a hook-and-pull fashion to pull or grasp vegetation within reach. And this herbivorous behavior would make Therizinosaurus mostly similar to modern-day anteaters and extinct ground sloths. However, 
Lutenschlager could neither confirm nor disregard that the hand clause would have been used for defense, intraspecific competition, stabilization by grasping tree trunks during high browsing, sexual dimorphism, or gripping mates during mating, given the lack of more specimens. He clarified that there is no evidence that the clause of Therogenosaurus would have been used in active defense or attack. However, it is possible that these appendages would have had some role when facing a threat, such as intimidation. But I personally think that if the Therizinosaurus had to use its claws in battle, it definitely would have done it. Unlike the generally light and agile Ornithomimosaurs, who avoided predators with speed, Therizinosaurus and relatives likely relied on their arms and claws to face threats, and theories were generally slow runners to begin with. Now, the media that features it. Therizinosaurus appeared in the BBC Walking with Dinosaurs special Chased by Dinosaurs in the episode The Giant Claw, where it faces off against the apex of Asia, the Tarbosaurus. Therizinosaurus appears in the PlayStation video game Dino Crisis, but however in this game it's portrayed as an active predator instead of a plant eater. And Therizinosaurus also appears in Path of Titans as a playable creature from the Primordial Tyrants mod, which also includes Argentinosaurus and Giganotosaurus, amongst others. And it also appears as a playable creature in The Isle. Now, I've never played The Isle, but I've seen what the theory looks like, and while it does have a good model, I think, I think the developers went, went overboard with the feathering on its tail. And for those of you who want to avoid encountering a theory or do play as one in the aisle, here's what you do. The theory's claw attacks can deal massive amounts of damage, and it can run very quickly. But it has relatively low health and can easily be killed by a T-Rex in three bites. So it's best to avoid them the same way that you avoid other Apex Predators, but that is unless you are a highly experienced player and like the challenge. And when in combat... It's best when directly facing your opponent, because the tail is the most vulnerable spot, so players should make sure that predators don't get to it. The best way for it to avoid this kind of trouble is to be intimidating, threatening to attack, and displaying aggressive behavior if carnivores ever get close. But unfortunately, this doesn't always work, since some predators are not easily intimidated by the screeching, although due to the damage that a theory can do, it might lower their chances of attacking you. And most animals will not want to come close, as Therizinosaurus are extremely fast and do a lot of damage. The only dinosaurs that will try to hunt them are mostly apexes. And when fighting apexes, it's best to get into, obviously without getting hit, get behind them and tail ride them. Although if players don't want direct confrontation or to engage in combat with an apex, then just run away. Therizinosaurus also appears in Ark. The first sentences of the dossier and its relatively non-threatening appearance may mislead new players to believe they're harmless if they haven't yet had a bad encounter with one. But guys, believe you me, I am an ARC player myself. I've had lots of run-ins with Therizinosaurus, and they can be freaking annoying. Unlike pure carnivores, Theries will typically wander around peacefully and rarely attack unprovoked, only becoming aggressive either when they are attacked or a player-slash-tame comes almost within touching distance. However, once it's upset, it transforms into one of the deadliest killers in the game, 
they almost never give up pursuing a target once they're triggered, and they can take down even advanced players, tames, and bases. Stone walls will not protect you. In Ark, Therizinosaurus can be found wandering around alone, though it's not uncommon to see them in small groups of two or three. While they tend to ignore other creatures in the area, any predators, players, or tamed creatures that venture too close will trigger an aggressive response, so caution is key. But, those who are lucky enough to tame a Therizinosaurus have earned themselves a great harvester. While some specialist harvesters, such as the giant beaver, can collect and carry far more of their favorite material thanks to their weight reduction, not a single creature even comes close to the sheer volume and wide variety of items that the fairy is capable of gathering. With the exceptions being stone, flint, metal, obsidian, gems, silica pearls, element ore, and a few others, Arx Therizinosaurus is capable of harvesting anything, and although it doesn't possess any weight reduction for the materials it gathers, it is very often able to outpace its competitors through superior speed and agility, putting them to shame. And another thing that puts the theory ahead of the competition is its ability to focus specifically on what kind of materials it wants to collect, through three different attacks. A power attack, a delicate attack with its claws, and a bite. Arx Therizinosaurus gains access to harvesting level points each time it levels up, and these are separate from its primary level points. These can be spent to increase the efficiency in which the Therizinosaurus gathers materials with its claws, dependent on either its power attack or delicate attack. Through its ability to harvest nearly anything with extreme efficiency, Arx Therizinosaurus makes an awesome companion for anyone that requires what it can gather. So, those of you who tame one, it's recommended to level up the weight and the melee damage. And lastly, Therizinosaurus finally makes a grand entrance in Jurassic World Dominion. In this movie, the Therry is feathered, but it lacks the food processing beer gut that it's now believed to have had. And the Therizinosaurus in this movie is also blind, and it uses echolocation to find its way around, which is interesting since it couldn't do that in life. However, despite being blind, uh, the Therry doesn't take flack from anyone, as seen when it yeets a deer across the forest floor, and spoiler alert, impales a Giganotosaurus through the heart and throat. Now, the voices. In Walking with Dinosaurs, the Therry is voiced by, um, I think, pigs, cows, geese, emus, tigers, horses, and Tasmanian devils. In The Isle, the theory is voiced by alligator hisses, snake hisses, and bird-like screeches. And The Isle's Therizinosaurus actually has different types of calls that it can make. There's the broadcast. Friendly. Angry. Calling for help. Special. And the claw swipes. In Ark, the theory is voiced by, once again, just guessing, birds, camels, and tigers.
In Jurassic World Dominion, uh, the sound design for the theory at one point was inspired by the Predator from the 1987 film of the same name, specifically the clicking noises that it makes. So to voice the dinosaur for this film, crows and ravens were called in, and marine animals were as well. Well, mainly dolphins, probably, probably for the clicks. In real life, um, I have been watching YouTube videos of various bird calls to see if I can find an appropriate voice for the theory, and none of them seem to fit. So since they have claws that are similar to those of modern sloths, I tried a sloth call, but that didn't fit either. So finally, I decide to listen to an anteater call, and I think I found its voice. So let's imagine Therizinosaurus with an anteater's voice. Well, that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to like and subscribe to my podcast. comes out every two weeks. This is Tobias Rex saying Godspeed and Jurassic World Dominion's Therizinosaurus is going to sign off. But remember, he's blind, so I'm going to have to guide him. All right, where are you at, big fella? Oh, there you are. Hey, right over here, buddy. So, this microphone I got here, I, I, well, I know you don't see it, but, but I want you to walk towards it. Okay. And then I want you to yell into it at the top of your lungs. <laughs>